Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me this morning to Joshua chapter number 7. Joshua chapter number 7. And, and then Proverbs chapter number 24. Joshua chapter number 7. And then Proverbs chapter number 24. And it's good to be here. I'm glad you're here. A little worried. You know, it is a Baptist church and it is raining. So amen. Always makes the preacher nervous. Amen. Uh, uh, but I'm thankful for your faithfulness. Amen. I always, I always get, to, get to thinking about, uh, well, Lord, so-and-so may not be here. So-and-so may... Or, or what, what, if, what if we don't have, you know, God is in control of everything. God knows who's going to be here this morning before it ever got here. And God knew what I needed to preach, so he told me what to preach. So whoever's here needs to hear what we got to say. Amen. So we're just going to trust God in this deal. And, uh, and I thank God for the good turnout here this morning. If you will, stand to your feet for just a moment. And uh, we're going to read just a few verses and then, and then, then turn over to Joshua 7. Or excuse me, Proverbs 24, and we'll read one verse out of Proverbs 24, all right? Joshua chapter 7, in verse number 1. When you get there, say amen. amen. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, and the tribe of Judah took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is uh, beside Beth-Avim, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but a few. So there went uh, up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. They were defeated. The men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate even unto Shebron, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Now look at the great general Joshua, the great commander. Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord unto the eventide. He and the elders of Israel put dust upon their heads. Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Is that why you brought us over here, he said? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. We should have just stayed where we was at. What an attitude. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and cut off our name from the earth. What wilt thou do unto thy great name? <laughs> Read this with me. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Say it again. Get thee up. Say it again. Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou upon thy face? And the Lord said unto Joshua, Say it with me. Get thee up. Turn over to Proverbs 24, verse 16, real quickly. Just hold your hand there because we're coming back to Joshua. Proverbs 24, 16. Are you there? The last three words that we read in Joshua was what? Do you remember? Say it again. Proverbs 24, verse 16. Read it with me. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Let's read. 
For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Say that again. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the, 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 the reading. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the singing. Thank you for your crowd that's here. Lord, please touch this word. Uh, there are folks that need to hear this. I need to hear this for my own self. God, I'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Church, say amen. amen. <clears throat> Get thee up. Get thee up. Proverbs says, A just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Riseth up again. Uh, John Maxwell wrote a great book, and, 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 and he titled it, Failing Forward. Say that with me. Failing forward. Say it again. Failing forward. Failing forward. Uh, the question is not, are we going to fail? It's which direction are we going to fall? Not, are we going to fail? But which direction are we going to fall? What is our failure going to do to us in our life? Every person is going to fall. Say amen. Now listen, I want you to get with me. This week, I prayed. This week, about the mid part of the week, I began to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to preach this morning? What do you want me to preach on Sunday? Uh, God, what direction do you want me to go? And man, immediately, I'm talking about immediately. It usually don't happen that fast, but immediately, God put this verse in my mind. A just man falleth seven times, but he riseth up again. I, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about what we have coming up as far as our uh, building better marriages and uh, seminar coming, Brother McCormick, in a couple weeks. And, and I was thinking about where we are in life. I've been thinking about the last few messages we've preached here in this past month about Satan, about defeat, about how he attacks God's people and how he comes against us. And we talked about how we fall in battle sometimes and we fall because of the attacks of Satan. But I'm here to tell you, God wants to tell you, if you have fallen, if you have messed up, a just man will rise again. Listen, it's not, listen, the terrible thing is not that you have fallen. The terrible thing is when you don't get back up. And I want to I preach just a few moments on the subject, failing forward. If I do fall, Lord, let me fall in the right direction. If I do slip up, Lord, let me fall forward and not backwards. Let's talk about this here just a few moments this morning. Back in Joshua, go back to Joshua chapter number 7. And let me, give you, let me just give you a brief synopsis of what we just read. Joshua is the commanding officer. He is the leader of the nation of Israel. He took over. He was the second in command uh, toward uh, Moses when Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and Moses died. Moses messed up. Moses didn't do exactly what God had told him to do. He was disobedient to the Lord. So Moses could not go into the promised land. And that is, listen, then Joshua takes over. They are at, in, in Joshua chapter number one, we find out that God, he had commissioned Joshua. He says, all right, son, it's time to quit mourning over the death of Moses. It's time to get up and go forward. It's time to go over this, this Jordan River. It's time to go into the promised land. It's time to take over Jericho. And from chapter 1 all the way to chapter 7, you find that God is speaking to Joshua. God is giving instructions to Joshua. Joshua does not make a move without the word of the Lord. Say amen. And that's very important for you to see. 
Uh, every step he took, God gave him instructions. God gave him instructions on crossing the Jordan. God gave him instructions on how to fight Jericho. Jericho was one of the mightiest cities in the old time. It was almost an impenetrable fortress. But with God, all things are possible. And when Joshua did what God told him to do, the walls of Jericho fell down in a miraculous way. God told him, don't mess with that. Don't mess with nothing there. Don't mess with nothing there. Don't mess with the spoils. Listen, all the, all the, 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 the gold and the silver and all the spoils of war, don't mess with it. Why? God wants the first of everything. Yeah, think about that. That was tied. He said, you took of the accursed thing. Now, there was one man by the name of Achan. Achan was there. He was here in the army. And as they were, as they were sacking, as they were sacking Jericho, as the walls fell down and they were going in conquering Jericho in supernatural power, this one man seen some stuff. And he lusted over it and took it. He took of the accursed thing. Why was it accursed? Because it belonged to God. Hello? Think about that. That'll make you want to tithe, won't it? Don't take what belongs to him. Say amen right there. Well, anyhow, he hid it under his tent. He hid it under his tent and, and, and so forth and so on. Now, that's not the story, but you've got to know that to know where we're going next. The last verse of chapter 6, the last verse of chapter 6 in Joshua said that the Lord was with Joshua and his Fame was noised abroad. In other words, Joshua got real popular real fast. Are y'all with me so far? I'm going somewhere. Just bear with me. He got real popular real fast. Well, the very next chapter, chapter 7, we know the Bible says that, 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 that God begins to tell what happened, that this did happen. A man came and took what did not belong to him and hid it under his tent, but Joshua didn't know it. Joshua comes against another city. He just comes from a great conquest. He just, listen, he comes from a great victory. He is just coming out of the victory of, of Jericho. Man, this place that they said was impossible to defeat. It was impossible to get in. It was impossible to conquer. And he just conquered what everybody said couldn't be done. So now we see this little city, Ai. Little old bitty run, he said, ain't nothing to it. Wasn't a thing to it. The Bible says in, in Joshua 7 that Joshua sent some spies and they came back and said, hey, there ain't that many people there. Don't send everybody up. Don't send everybody up. Just send a few up there and, man, we'll just wipe that out and just we won't waste no time on it. It sounds like a plan to me. And they got defeated. Preacher, where are you going with this? Where are you going with this? Nowhere in Joshua chapter 7 do you find Joshua going to the Lord and saying, what do you think about this deal? What's the point? Number one, write this down. I want you to see the potential in falling. The potential in falling. The potential in falling. A, I want you to see the potential in falling is equal in people. It's equal in people. Richard, what are you saying? The Bible did not say in Proverbs that a wicked man will only fall. Did y'all catch that? It said a just man falleth. What does that mean? Just because you go to church every Sunday don't mean you are incapable of falling. Just because you teach a Sunday school class. 
Just because you're a deacon, just because you're a song leader, just because you're a choir member, just because your daddy is a preacher or your mama, are y'all with me? Just because, listen, that you line up with all that you think, that does not mean that you are incapable of falling. Joshua was the man. Joshua was one of the two. Joshua and Caleb who said, let's go in, let's go in. We can win this thing. When they first went in as one of the spies, Joshua was great. Joshua was for God, but Joshua still fell. Joshua still fell. You have potential to fall. I have potential to fall. We cannot be so arrogant as to think that I am above falling. It's equal in all people. Don't throw your nose up in the air because somebody else fell. Because it may be then that, they, that you need to help you up when you fall. Amen. This ain't real popular, but I promise you it's the truth. It's amazing that the folks that will shake your hand at church and won't even look your way in the street. Hello. Everybody has potential. Everybody has. Listen, you go through the Bible. Moses fell. Elijah, he come off the great victory at Mount Carmel and then run from one stinking woman. Say amen. He failed. Peter, oh, I'll never deny you. I'll never get, I'll die before. And he denied the Lord three times. Hello? Y'all with me? The potential in falling is equal in people, but this is what you really need to get. Especially all this crap. It's exaggerated in pride. Exaggerated means to make worse and to make larger. What does it mean? The potential for falling, it becomes greater when you become more prideful. Now, I said all the other stuff say this. Joshua followed God's direction. Joshua did not make a move till God instructed him to. God gave him specific instructions on defeating Jericho. God gave him specific details in what to do and how to do it to cross over the Jordan, to cross over and win the battle and fight Jericho. And every step he took, he did not take it without the instructions of the Lord. But here we are. He is a mighty captain now. Now his fame, almighty Joshua, his fame and glory is spreading around. Everybody knows about Joshua, including Joshua. It's a bad thing when you start believing the press reports about who you are. It's amazing to me. It's ama- See, that's why, that's why Dr. Brown won't never brag on a young preacher or an old preacher, for that matter, to your face. He may tell somebody else what he thinks about you, but he won't ever tell you because he knows this. It'll go to your head. It'll swear your head up so big. Now, now listen, uh, sometimes you say, has that ever happened to you? Occasionally it has happened to me. But that's, that, there's, no, no, there's no problem with that because God lets me fall on my face the very next time I stand up to preach and I get up looking like a Pekingese pug and it changes my attitude. Joshua said, oh yeah, I don't need God. I, he didn't even ask God what he thought about going into AI. He said, I'm a, listen, man, after this, this ain't going to be no problem. Preacher, why are you saying all this? Because God has been incredibly good to Temple Baptist Church. 
And we cannot throw our thumbs in our lapels and say, look at us, look who we are. I tell you who we are. We're the same broke people that started in this thing. We're the same people that needed help and encouragement. We're just broken people getting together and helping other broken people. And if we get, listen, raised up in pride, we're looking for a fall. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a Hello. You walking around thinking you, oh, I'm, I'm beyond that. Yeah, that's what Jimmy Swaggart thought. That's what Jim Baker thought. So you making fun? No, I'm not making fun. I believe they was good people. I believe they're still good people. I just believe they got a little bit too big for their britches. And they thought, they thought it would never happen to them. Now you can say what you want. I don't agree with all their philosophies, and I don't agree with a lot of the things that, that go on with that kind of thing. But I promise you this. I, I, I know a man personally who met Jim Baker in, in California after he got out of prison. He said he was the most humble man he'd ever met in his life. Amen. What happened? God had to send him to prison to bring him back to where he started from. That's right. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. Listen, falling comes when we get too big for our britches. Falling comes when we get to thinking we don't need God. Is everybody listening? Because I, I want you to get this. If you don't get nothing else, get this. Just because things are going good right now don't mean you don't need God. Amen. I don't know how many times I've talked with people, cried on my shoulders, cried in my office, cried in my vehicles because things, it was a living hell in their life. They started doing what they were supposed to do, lined up with God. God began to bless. God began to change things. God began to move in their life. And then after everything was going fine, well, I don't need him now. You know what that is? That's pride. That's pride. That's saying I have all I need. I am all I need. No, you're not. No, you're not. You are an empty shell without the Lord. Amen. Man, I've been, I've been seeing so much stuff. I, I, I think relationship problems. Relationship problems happen because we get prideful. We get to thinking we're somebody and that other person owes us something. You owe me. Well, you're not meeting my needs. Well, I'm this, and you know you're not doing this, and you're not doing that, and I don't know why you're and all. And we have this idea that we are owed something from somebody. Your spouse don't owe you nothing. Your preacher don't owe you nothing. God don't owe you nothing. All we are is a firebrand plucked out of hell. The only thing that's owed to you is everlasting fire, and God made it where you didn't have to go. Amen. And nobody owes you nothing. That victim mentality, oh, I'm down here because I'm just the world just picking on me. No, 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 this is a rough world. It's always been this way. Listen, God saved you by amazing grace. Let's not be so prideful in the thinking it's not going to happen to us. Say amen. Now watch this. This is where it gets good. This is where it gets good. We see the potential in falling. Say it with me. We see the... Number two, watch this here. I want you to see the problem with falling. The problem with falling. This is the problem. Write this down. Hey, if you're taking notes, write this down. This this, this will help you. This will help you. The problem with falling is when we do this. 
avoid taking responsibility. Watch what happens. Man, this is amazing. Who's the captain in this, in this whole outfit in, in Joshua chapter 7? Who's the leader? Joshua. Who gives the command? Who's supposed to get orders from the Lord? Everything rises and falls on? Okay. Now let's remember that. Now watch what happens. When this thing fell, when this thing fell, and it just, those 36 men died, watch Joshua's response to his falling. Six, verse six. Are you there? Say amen. Joshua rent his clothes and fell onto the earth and upon his face before the ark of the Lord under the eventide and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou? Why did you do this to us? Wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us unto the hand of the Amorites? God, this is your fault. God, why did you do this to us? What are you trying to mess with us? Are you, are you teasing us? As, I, I mean, I mean did, did you have this in your plan all the time? God, why are you doing this to me? You ever heard that before? Why? Why, God, are you doing this to me? The problem with falling is when we don't take responsibility for our own failure. And all we want to do is cast blame on somebody else. It ain't God's fault. I bet you, I no, I promise you, amen. I promise you, Spence, if Joshua would have asked one time, God, what do you think about this? He said, you better not go nowhere because you got sin in the camp, and with sin in the camp, you can't have power in the camp. If you can't have power in the camp, you ain't going to get victory. So you better find out what the problem is. Don't you think he would have done that? But see, Joshua was too, he was too confident. I don't need it, man. I just whooped Jericho. This little old snotty, runny-looking place, they're not going to be no problem. Amen. <laughs> it's not the great battles. It's the small ones that gets us to fall. Because when we think it's going to be a big battle, we're going to be ready. We're going to pray. We're going to do everything in the world. I, I, <laughs> when I was down in Florida, when I was down in Florida a couple weeks ago, preaching at Camp Tracy, that morning, uh, Dr. Johnny Pope was in the, in the, in the audience, the congregation, uh, uh, Dr. Larry Brown was in the in the congregation. He is the president of the college where I went to Bible college. And if there's anybody I ever want to do good in front of, it's him. I'm afraid he's going to take back my diploma. Say amen. <laughs> and all the others there, the kids are there, everybody's there. And I'm telling you what, Spence, I was intimidated like you had never seen before. I mean, I mean... Johnny Pope is probably one of the most intellectual men I've ever been around in my life. I mean, it just talks way. I've got to have a thesaurus and a Webster's Dictionary just sit and have a conversation with this man. He has never worn camouflage before, ever. That's a problem. Say amen. Yeah, he's got, it's, it's just way out there. And, it, and man, I'm sitting there intimidated. And I'm praying, oh, God, help me today. Oh, God, Lord, please help me today. If there's ever a time, please help me today. Lord, I've been living right here lately. Please help me today. I mean, I've prayed, I've even read my Bible on purpose. Help me today, oh God. 
Please, I, I won't ever ask for anything else again. Please, Lord, oh God. And I mean, I'm begging and, 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 and doing everything but fasting. I didn't fast because I was hungry. Amen. But I'm just doing everything possible. Oh God, touch me. And he did. He did. Preacher, what are you getting at? It's those times when I go to teach a class or go preach in a small church where I don't think I have to do that. About 20 minutes into it, I realize I should have done that. You do that preach? Yeah, I'm sorry. Didn't I say anybody has potential to fall? I'm not proud of it. I'm just telling you like it is. Sometimes when we have that great victory in our life, sometimes that great battle we have in our life, we've got victory over it, then we get overconfident with ourselves and we think we don't need God. You need God every single day of your life. Every day, not just when you're in court, not just when you're in the hospital room, not just when you're in the, listen, in the lawyer's office. That's not the only times you need God. You do need God then, but you need God every day of your life so you don't end up in them places. And then when that does happen, you cannot keep constantly blaming other people for your problems. I didn't have a good influence in my life. Neither did Joshua. Moses messed up in front of him. Listen, who has? Everybody's had people in their life they're not really proud of. Everybody's had things in their life they're not proud of. Everybody faces things. Quit blaming everybody else and everything else for what you're going through. God, why did you do this? And that, then watch this next verse. Watch this next verse. Verse 8. Can you put verse 8 up there? Look at this. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemy? Now he's blaming the army. Now he's blaming the soldiers. God, you done this. They turned back. Who's the leader? Hello. What's the problem with fallen preacher? It's when we refuse to take responsibility for our actions. That's the problem with falling. You'll never get up until you start taking responsibility. Quit depending on everybody else to get you out of the hole you're in. When you find yourself in a hole, that means it's time to quit digging. Amen, Jay? Quit digging. Throw the shovel down and quit digging. Listen, he blamed God. He blamed the soldiers. So they won't even stand and fight. Now, watch this. He not only, he not only... Avoided responsibility, but watch this, B. Write this down. His attitude of resignation. His attitude of resignation. He not only avoided responsibility, but he had an attitude of resignation. What's that mean? He felt, he just said, I might as well quit. Ain't no sense in going on. It's always going to be like, watch this here. Watch this here. Look what the verse says. It's all right here in the Bible. It says in verse 9, verse 9. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, and they shall environ round and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? He gets the pooch mouth and throws his lip, and it hits the floor. He has to pick it up and throw it over his shoulder, and he gets to feeling sorry for himself. That's nothing more irritating to me than somebody just wants to sit and feel sorry for themselves. Let me tell you who that person is. It's the one that will come for counseling and will tell you everything's wrong, but they're not willing to know what to do to make it right. You don't want help. You don't want encouragement. You don't want to change your life. All you do is want to whine about your situation. Well, whining about where you are will not get you to where you want to be. 
It will not. I don't care how much you whine. It's not going to change your circumstances. I don't care how much you complain. It's not going to change your circumstances. I don't care how much you think about it or worry about it or wonder about it. It's not going to get you where you need to be. Quit whining about everything. Well, might as well stop now. Might as well give up now. Ain't no sense in changing now. Hey, I'm just going to be a failure all my life. Listen, failure is an attitude. It's an attitude. There's, there's been a lot of people that's failed, but they got back up. They were not a failure because they got back up. If you get up one more time and you go down, woo, you're a success. Are y'all with me? It's all in your attitude. Your attitude determines your altitude. They asked they ask, uh, uh, Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, 10,000. Do y'all get that? 10,000 times he tried to make a light bulb. 10,000 times before he got it right. He said, I did not fail 10,000 times. I found 10,000 ways not to make one. What is that? That's a cool attitude. I found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. But he kept going. And aren't you glad he did? Listen, don't get the attitude because you fail that you're always going to be down there. I like what God did. That's what God needs to say to some of y'all. Shut up and get up. Didn't he say that? Let me read it. Let me read it. Very next verse. Verse 10. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Shut up and get up. It's there. You just can't see it right now. Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Get up. Quit whining. I don't want to hear all that. You need to figure out what's wrong and go forward. Get up. Get up. I need to get up. Get up. Listen, the problem, the problem with falling is this. It's in avoiding responsibility. This in attitude of resignation. Give me those two things I put there for that so they can write that down. When you accept defeat in your life and you accept the fact that it's always going to be like that, you'll never have victory. When you just take it, well, this is just who I am. I hate hearing that. I, preacher, this is just who I am. Well, change who you are. If you always got a bad attitude, straighten your attitude out. I, I heard that the other day. Well, it's just who I am. Well, if who you are is causing you so much problems, then don't come to me with your problems if you're not willing to change who you are. People just accept where they are. They just accept the condition they are. They won't get up and do anything about it. Well, I just accept that this is happening to me. I just accept this, that this is just where I am. Then don't complain to nobody else about where you are. If you're not willing to make a change, you do something about where you are. That's what God said. Get up. Get off your face. Quit whining about where you are. Get up and do something about where you are. Preacher, you don't know what happened to me. Whatever happened to you has happened to all kinds of other people too. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. What has happened to you has happened to other people too. Other people's had their feelings hurt. Other people's had things happen in their life. Other people has had tragedies happen to them. You're not the only one that's ever gone bankrupt in your life. You're not the only one that's been broke. Poverty is an attitude. I'm just not with money. That's the right attitude to have. 
Hello? One man loses millions and goes dead broke and commits suicide. Another man says, well, it's time to start on my second million because I just lost my first. Oh, that's impossible. Ask Dave Ramsey if it's impossible. What was the difference in the one that took his life and the one that changed his life? It was the attitude and his response to the fall. Man, I'm preaching better than you're shouting this morning. This is real. It's not that you're never going to fall. We're all going to trip. Everybody, there is none righteous, no, not one. But if you accept the fact that that's the only way it's ever going to be in your life and you don't decide, I'm going to change my life, I want to be different, I want to have a future in my life, you'll always stay in the hole that you're always in. If you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you always got. Amen. That's good, preacher. You just preach right on. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. Sick them. I didn't fail. I didn't fail 10,000 times, Thomas Edison said. I, su- <laughs> I successfully eliminated 10,000 times materials and combinations that would not work. Watch this statement he made. This is incredible. This is incredible, and I hope you get this. Many of life's failures, watch this. Many of life, are y'all listening? Okay. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. What if Thomas Edison would have gave up at 10,000? Hmm? Where would we be? That's exactly where we'd be. They're listening now. Amen. Number one. I'm getting dizzy. Let's uh, let's preach. Amen. Number one. Okay. How about number one? Because they can't remember. Number one. Say it again. Number two. Number three. Prescription for falling. What do we do about it? What do we do about it? This is what most of you don't do. What's the prescription for falling? This is what Joshua did. We see in his life, in his situation, in this deal, and it's a bad deal too. I mean, this is only his second, his second uh, excursion. You know, Spence, I mean, it's his second. He had a good victory the first time, and woo-hoo, big man Joshua, Joshua, woo-hoo-hoo. And now I go against little Ai, and he gets whooped. 36 men die because Joshua was too arrogant to talk to God about it. By the way, let me say this. You're not the only one that's affected by your fall. I was in a courtroom the other day, and I seen people paying for their fall. But the sad part about it, I seen a room full of family. Mamas and wives and husbands, boyfriends and girlfriends squalling because of somebody else's fault. Oh, I'm the only one that's affected by it. No, no, that's never the case. 
That's never the case. Joshua was the one that screwed up. Joshua was the one that caused this problem. Joshua was one that got arrogant and said, it wouldn't ever happen to me. Hey, I'm, I'm the great Joshua. I'm the conqueror of Jericho. But 36 men paid with their lives. 36 daddies went out into eternity. 36 families are less the breadwinner in the home. 36, listen, families whose children lost their daddy because of one man's fall. Why are you saying, preacher, I'm saying this, just because you think you're the one doing it and you're the only one going to be affected, that's never the case. It's never the case. Listen, the prescription for falling. What did Joshua do? I want you to write this down. This is very important. We see there was criticism. Criticism was accepted. Criticism was accepted. When God got on to Joshua... Joshua didn't bow up at him. <laughs> Brother Privet, I'll be in my office. There'll be folks on the other side. And I'll listen and, and listen and listen. I, I hear everything said. And uh, so here's what I think. Here's what I think the deal is. And, I, and I'll lay it out. What? 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 Well, I, I, what I, so I don't like that. Well, what'd you ask me for? I mean, why, why, why'd you, I mean, why are we coming to church if we don't think we're going to hear something out of the Bible? It's amazing to me, the people that catch an attitude when you hear something from the Bible. What do you think you're going to hear when you come to church? This is not a bar room. This is not a community center. This is not a clubhouse. This is not a ball field. I mean, if you're going to, I mean, if you want to hear that kind of stuff, go to them kind of things. But if you're going to come to church, don't be surprised when you hear that God said you shouldn't be doing that. I mean, isn't that real simple? Come to church and sit on the pew and pay good money. I mean, pay your tithes to hear what the Bible says and then get mad because you hear what the Bible says. I've never understood that. I don't like that. Well, what? this is church. Be willing to accept when God says you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. I know. Don't you like it, parents, when you try to help your kid with something? Well, now, now this is this is the way. Well, I know. I mean, I mean, there's something about a certain age. I don't know what happened. I mean, it was like they, they woke up one day and they were normal, and then the next day they were retarded all of a sudden. I mean, everything happened. There's a there's a brain aneurysm or something. I mean, there was just a collapse in cells in the brain, and then all of a sudden they went from "Daddy, can you help me?" to "I know." I know. If you know, why did you do it that way then? If you know, why do you keep... You don't know. Don't tell me you know, because if you knew, you wouldn't. I'll tell you what. No, don't tell me nothing. Just listen. You'll never get out of where you are. You'll never get up from a fall if you're not willing to accept criticism. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of criticism that most Christians do today. I'm talking about the criticism of critiquing. 
One of the, one of the scariest times in my life, and these men will probably, will probably admit to this, that one of the scariest times in my life is when I went to Bible college and we went through homiletics class. When you went through homiletics class, homiletics class was teaching you how to outline the Bible, how to take the Bible and break it down, rightly divide the Word of God and deliver it to somebody. And then after you developed your outline, uh, wrote out your outline, you had to stand up in front of the whole class and they would critique you. That is a fancy word for cut you to pieces. Matter of fact, Dr. Brown encouraged the critiquing to the point that he made a list of critique things you need to critique. Everything. Putting your hands in your pockets. Eye contact. I mean, was the shoes polished? Was his tie straight? I mean, everything. Did he talk right? Did he mumble? Did he do this? Did he do that? Did he look like a Chinese man? Say amen, Brother Dorgan. Brother Dorgan said the first time I came here, he said, I squinted my eyes so much that he thought I was Chinese. I said, if you had to see what I had to see, you'd squint your eyes too. Man. And I mean, you'd be preaching, you'd be doing the best you could, and all you could see out there, you wasn't seeing, amen, you wasn't seeing encouraging, you were seeing. And you know what? The cowards would never put their name on their critique sheet. No. What are you saying? What are you saying? He knows this. You've got to be willing to take... Are y'all with me? You've got to be willing to say, hey, I, somebody can help me with this situation. I don't know everything about everything. If I knew everything about everything, I wouldn't have failed. It's, it, oh, my goodness. It's incredible to me. The people that are in this situation, they want to tell me how to fix it. I said, why are you telling me this? If you were that good at it, why are you where you are? Not willing to accept criticism. He said, he said, Joshua, get up off your face. He said, there's an accursed thing in the camp. There is sin in the camp. Somebody took what did not belong to them, and I mean, he is laying it down. And you know what Joshua did? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The greatest way to get out of the hole that you're in, the greatest way to get up after you have failed is to be willing to have a humble, submissive attitude. Listen, criticism was accepted, then B. This is the most important one. Say it with me. Say it again. Don't be so ignorant to go to somebody and ask for counsel and then not do what they tell you to do. You know what Joshua did? Spence, Joshua did exactly, I mean to the letter, what God told him to do. I'm talking about to the very letter. Did exactly what he told him to do. Dealt with the problem. Fixed the problem. And then went in and God gave him instructions on how to fight the battle again. And you know what happened? Victory. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing when we line up and do what God says to do? How victorious we can be? Correction was applied. Don't go to the doctor and get a prescription and go home and not feel it. So I would never do that. Then why do you come to church and hear the prescription and not do it? What's the difference? You've got to apply. This Bible only works when you apply it. J. 
Jay, that was another one that he would always critique big time. If you didn't apply your first point before you went to the second point, oh, God, have mercy on your soul. You know why? Because Dr. Brown knew that application was the most important thing. Application. Are you applying what you're learning? Are you doing what you're hearing? Are you a doer of the word and not a hearer only? What are you doing with what you're getting? Correction was applied. Say it with me. A, we see. B, now say this with me. C, write this down. Say it again. One more time. F.W. Robertson said this. Life like war. Now listen to this. It's almost saying we're going to dismiss. Life like war is a series of mistakes. And he is not the best Christian nor the best general who makes the fewest false steps. Poor mediocrity may secure that. In other words, if you don't never attempt nothing, you're never going to fall. But if you never attempt nothing, you're never going to get nothing. So uh, not falling is not the deal. It's getting back up after you're attempting great things for God. Now watch this. He said, but he is the best who wins the most splendid victories by the retrieval of mistakes, forget mistakes, and organize victories out of mistakes. Everybody remember this, one statement. Failure doesn't have to be a hitching post. It can be your guidepost. Failure doesn't have to be a hitching post. It can be your... Preacher, what do you mean by this? This is it right here. You've got to be able to learn from your... McKenzie, don't touch that wire right there. Okay, Daddy. Don't get near that wire. Okay, Daddy. You ain't going to get near that wire, all right? No. Okay. I go back in the house. There's a wire around a little goat pen. Had a little baby goat in it. How many of y'all know little baby goats are cute as a button? And they are irresistible to a little person. I mean, they're like, they're like miniature big goats. I mean, they just got little legs about that long, and they just, they, you just can't help it. Little people just can't help it. They got to touch the baby goat. Don't get near that wire now. Uh-uh, no. I, I go back in the house, and I'm painting. You run out there and check on her? Nope. Why not? I knew she wasn't ever going to do that again. <laughs> she come in the house. Ooh. I said, you touch that wire? It was an accident. you know what? She ain't touch that wire no more. <laughs> Preacher, what are you saying? Sometimes God's got to hit you with a pretty hot wire. Not because he hates you. Not because he, he wants you to see you 
cry and see you hurt. He wants you to learn from your mistakes so you don't. Let me give you one list right here. Did did y'all have that second thing I sent up there, that list on the back? Well, let me just give it to you. And uh, if you can remember this, I want you to do this for me. When you fall, if you'll remember this, we're going to close. Number one, number one, when you fall, number one, take responsibility. Say that with me. Take responsibility. Number two, stop repeating same mistakes. Say it again. Number three, learn from each mistake. Learn from each mistake. Number four, this is critical. Know that failure is just a part of progress. Say that with me. Know that failure is just a part of progress. Number five, they'll put them up. I'll, I'll print them out for you. If you can't write that fast, that's fine. I'll, I'll print them out for you. Number five. Maintain a positive attitude. Say that with me. Number six, persevere till victory. Now let's take them one more time. Number one, take responsibility. Number two, stop repeating same mistakes. Number three, learn from each mistake. Number four, no failure is a part of progress. Number five, maintain a positive attitude. Number six, persevere until victory. Church, say amen. Lord Jesus, help us with these things. Help us with these things. We we, we are in a place where we need 